fruit of the Spirit in the list that we've been going through in Galatians 5.22 is goodness. And and last week we looked at... So the question on the table from last week was, what's the difference? What's the difference between goodness and kindness? Maybe we could start by saying, or asking, what is goodness? Okay, goodness is more like trying to live a sinless life. Okay. Or be sinless. Okay. Because we can't obviously do that. Okay. Other thoughts? Different than kindness in that way. Okay. Well, let's, we'll compare them in a second. Let's, let's focus in on what goodness is. See if we can kind of get a, get a feel for what goodness is. Because God's Word tells us that goodness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Living according to God's way of living. Living according to God's way of living. All right. Being good. Is being good. Why is there a difference between them? What's going to be? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Thinking mm-hmm. maybe goodness would be like my thoughts, my heart, whereas kindness would be the actions behind those. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, that's good. And we had to get real deep there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Eyesight affected the brain went right to the heart. I like it. What was that doctor's name? <laughs> goodness, the righteousness of the soul. Goodness, the righteousness of the soul. That's good, too. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Now, the Glennons, I know, um, uh, got way ahead of the game because as I came in and sat down, I I saw some printed paraphernalia. (laughs) 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 You got to absolutely love that, right? You know, getting ahead of the game. Hmm. Any thoughts, Susan? As to goodness. Goodness, it mm-hmm. says. Um, what do you say? Well, what does it? Okay, that's, that's fair. In essence, it enables sinful man to do good and to be good. Okay. Goodness enables sinful man to do good and to be good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so the difference then, Sally, kind of this side of the room is getting really good at mm-hmm. responding now. The difference between goodness and kindness. First of all, they're spelled different. They're different. They're spelled different. <laughs> okay. Good observation. Okay. If you have goodness, you you therefore uh, evil completely. You know I. If you, ha- I'm sorry. Say that again. If you have goodness and you're full of righteousness, you don't uh, want to have anything to do with evil. Okay. So goodness then, um, an antonym of goodness would be would would be would be evil, right? So it's like the opposite. Got it. Kindness is an outward action. Goodness is an inward. Oh, okay. But if you don't have the inward goodness, you can't have goodness outward. Mm. So it's a lot of what you think. Interesting. So goodness is kind of both in and action out too, isn't it? It's interesting because we've been saying all along that these fruit of the Spirit 
essentially are all action. They're all action words, aren't they? Love, peace, patience, <laughs> kindness, goodness. Okay. Yeah, so, so we're looking at these things and they, they, the Bible tells us that they, they all require us to, to do something. Okay? Because it's a fruit. It's a manifestation of what we do. So you can tell if somebody has a fruit of the Spirit because it's obvious. If somebody is good or kind. Okay? So, so goodness denotes both an inward and an outward component to it, doesn't it? Okay. It has to do with your attitude and your thoughts. Attitude and thoughts. Because you can't have good actions and be kind if you've got all the wrong attitude and the wrong thoughts in your head. Okay, so if we do good, are we good? No. No? no. no. Why? Because you do the heart. It's a reality. Well, well, none of us are good. That's why we can't be good. Oh, none of us are good. No, you You've can't. been reading your Bible, haven't you? Okay, so none of us are good. She just started. Okay. <laughs> Hold on to that thought because we're going to look at that, of course. We have to in terms of goodness, right? And then, uh, so you, so uh, Doris, you say that none of us are good. So does that mean none of us do good? Well, we do it's some good, good things now and then, but we aren't all good. Okay. All right, well, let's hold on to that thought still, because we, we, we need to understand that. All of a sudden, now it's getting technical on us, isn't it? Hmm, this different. Because, because good seems, well, by definition. I mean, last week we looked at, we looked at a biblical definition of kindness, and that was, um, uh, was stated that it is a gracious disposition in character and attitude, a willingness to that which is right and good, a willingness to that that is right and good. And then goodness, uh, Webster's defines goodness, 57 Webster's again, defines goodness as virtue or excellence. Virtue or excellence. A biblical, not a Webster's, but a biblical definition for goodness is the practice or expression of kindness or doing that which is good. So the practice or expression. So think about that for just a second because we're talking about goodness in the terms of what the <coughs> biblical definition is because that's what we care about. We're not really too that excited about pursuing the world's idea of good. But the biblical idea of goodness and so think about that the practice or expression of kindness or of doing that which is good um, who does good? you said nobody does good God does good who is all things good as he made the earth okay each day that is good that is good until man that is very good okay well, you know, some, uh, I think it was the uh, young ruler that called him a good master. And he said, why do you call me good? Mm. And so, I don't know, I can't remember what he said right now, but anyway. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he said there's no one good except God. So there's no one good, but the question is, who does good? God does good. Oh, is there a difference between do, being good and doing good? 
slightly probably, but not a whole lot because but you do what you are. Oh, you do what you are. Hmm. That's interesting because I hang around a guy that likes to say on a pretty regular basis, hey, you do what you want to do. <laughs> so the question is, what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're good, you want to do good. Ah, okay. So, so, so now we struggle through this question of do we do good or are we good? Because Dora says that the Bible says that we're that no one is good. That's what the Bible says, and we're going to look at that verse. Except God. Except God. Jesus was confronted with that question, and he answered it very directly, didn't he? And yet a fruit of the Spirit is... Okay. Maybe compared to the rest of the population. <laughs> oh, all right. So, and I heard somebody say that, that God is good. Okay. Now I'm, all the time. All the time. <laughs> but I think, too, it depends on the motive, because a person can be good and do good, but if the motives are for the wrong reason, that's not good. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so this is apparently becoming OPCF philosophy 101. Uh, now, okay, okay, let's follow that for just a second. Let's follow that for just a second because is there, are there, let me see if I can get this right, are there different uh, types of good and goodness? There are different types of good and goodness. Okay. Um, and by definition, what definition? What what are the what what types are there? Well, I think what she's saying right there is that someone who's not a Christian, they might do something that's good in the eyes of the world, but they may have other purposes for doing the good. Whereas a Christian would try to do good because God wants you to do good. He wouldn't want to do. But you just said that they're both good. Well, what's the? It was sense. Yeah, there's. But when it's a fruit of the spirit and when it's not a fruit of the spirit. Okay. I think, isn't it in the eye of the beholder, too? Because, just for example, I'm not trying to start any political debate, but if you ask some people, they would say Obamacare is good. If you ask others, they say it's not good. So Mm -hmm. it's in a lot of us in the eye of the beholder, too. Okay, that's really interesting because I think that at the end of the day here, this is the first time that we've run across this problem. I'm sensing a little problem here because we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit and we've been pretty much in agreement that there hasn't really been any controversy, there hasn't been any real problem. All of a sudden we're talking about goodness and there's there's different kinds of goodness and it's in the eye of the beholder. That's, That's relative goodness then, isn't it? Relative to what? To the standard, maybe. What's the standard? God's standard. Oh, God's standard. Okay. And so, if you're seeking, if you're seeking a standard for good and goodness, where are you going to go? Okay. Therefore, we. Okay. The way you will go with God, and a secular person might not. Okay. So, so then, which is which is uh, which is uh, the uh, how, where would you go for the truth about goodness then? Okay, and so those that don't, um, and, and they they define goodness. Um, what, what? 
how do you how do you address that? It's usually linked with acts. Mm-hmm. With in what? The secular, in the secular world, it's linked with acts. Oh, acts. A C T S. I thought you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. So, um, so back to the question again, Doris, of who is good. No one is good. Yeah, no one is good. I like, I think, was it either Sally or Dana said that something similar to um, goodness is the sort of the nature and the character, and kindness is the act. <laughs> kind of. Okay. We usually think of kindness as an expression of love from one person to another, and of goodness as a quality of being pure. Oh. Mm-hmm. Goodness is a quality of being pure. All right. All right. Well, let's turn to Romans 3. Romans chapter 3. And I'd like to look at the first 12 verses of Romans chapter 3. And if somebody could read it, um, it doesn't matter which version you're reading it from. Verses 1 through 12. And don't read fast. (laughs) And read loud. And read loud. What advantage then is there in being a Jew? Or for what value is there in circumcision? Much in every way. First of all, they have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some did not have faith? Will their lack of faith nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. Let God be true, and every man a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right in your words and prevail in your judging. But if our unrighteousness brings out God's righteousness more clearly, what shall we say? That God is, in, is unjust in bringing his wrath on us? I am using a human argument. That's not me speaking. That's <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to clarify that. Uh, certainly not. If that were so, how could God judge the world? Someone might argue, if my falsehood enhances God's truthfulness and so increases, it increases his glory, why am I still condemned as a sinner? When you see seven? All the way to twelve. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. Why not say, as we are being slanderously reported as saying, and as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may result? Their condemnation is deserved. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. Pay attention now. As what? Go ahead. Oh, as <laughs> smarty. <laughs> there is no one righteous, not even one. That's it, Doris. And there is no one who understands. No one who understands. No one who seeks God. All have turned away, and they have together become worthless. That's through 12. Mm-hmm. One more verse. One more. After the yeah, together And there is no, there is one who does good, not even one. 
There is no one who does good, not even one. So, the first part of that, the reason we wanted to read all 12 of those verses, is the first part of this uh, scripture in Romans is talking about God's faithfulness, His righteousness, and our nature. That, that, those are the contrasts that, that, um, that, um, uh, that this letter is talking about. And then we get to to that all-famous scripture that's, that's known uh, quite popularly, uh, and it is in verse 10 that says that as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. And verse 12, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And so what in, verses, uh, in verse 310, what does righteousness mean? Is, does your Bible say righteous? There is no one righteous, not even one. Mm-hmm. What is righteous? What does that word mean? Goodness. Pardon me? Goodness. It, righteous means goodness? I guess it does. And it also mm-hmm. means right being right God. with God. And it means being right with mm-hmm. God? Right. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, excuse me? Unblemished. Okay. And All right. So, can we say that righteousness and goodness are relatively synonymous? Well, I... I would go ahead, Doris. I was just going to say you probably wouldn't be righteous if you weren't good. Ah, hmm. interesting. This goodness, kindness, righteousness, goodness thing. There's interesting how the words are so intertwined here, aren't they? And so the new, the Living Bible. For those of you that don't like paraphrases, just hold your tongue for a moment. <laughs> the Living Bible says no one is good, Susan. No one is good. No one in all the world is innocent. And the message... The message says there is nobody living right. Not even one. No one living right. Not even one. And the Worldwide English Translation says no one is good. Not one person. And so... Uh, the New King James and the and every version uh, and every translation that is represented here in this room is more than likely going to use the word righteous. And so, as we look at that word righteous, I think it's important to understand that righteous means that that uh, it is morally right, virtuous, or good. So, for purposes of talking about trying to understand God's goodness and the fruit of the Spirit as goodness and that there is... Who is good? God is good. Who else is good? Nobody. Nobody is good. And yet, we're confronted with this issue that we must address because it says in Galatians 5.22 that the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And yet, it says in Romans... Three, ten, no one is good, not one person is good. We're only good if we're we're only good. God sees us as good because he looks at us through Jesus, otherwise we're no good. Right. Okay. So God sees us as fully what? Righteous. As fully righteous. So change the word now. God sees us as good. As good. As good. So, righteousness in the King James Bible Dictionary. I love this. Listen to this. Righteousness defined in the King James 
Bible dictionary. Purity of heart. Purity. Purity of heart. Conformity of heart and life to the divine law. Righteousness as used in scripture and theology in which it is chiefly used is nearly equivalent to holiness comprehending holy principles and affections of heart and conformity of life to the divine law. It includes all we call justice, honesty, virtue, and goodness. Isn't that interesting? And so, to the extent that we're dealing with righteousness as goodness, and to the extent that God sees us as good and as fully by and how does that work, Mike? God sees us righteous. How? Yeah, He looks at us through that lens of of Christ. Okay, and so then we have to think about who is good. Okay. And there are some people that are better than others. Mm-hmm. Because they conform more closely to what God wants. Okay. But they still are not totally good. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Doris, are you good? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she's good all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sometimes. No. Okay. No, Let's apply goodness to God for a minute. <coughs> How would you explain or articulate or muddle yourself through as the case may be. Um, Righteousness slash goodness as it applies to God. He has no evil thoughts. Okay. He never never wishes anyone evil. Mm -hmm. He's willing to die for people because of their sinfulness. Mm -hmm. He uh, loves everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. And he wants everybody to be saved. So he doesn't have any malicious thoughts or anything like that. Hmm. But he is just. And so eventually, if nobody takes advantage of the goodness that he offers, in the end of everything, he has to do something with those people. Hmm. And we have a pretty good idea what happens to them. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyone like to add anything to that? He can't lie. He's without sin. He's without sin. He's patient. He's patient. And his plans are for the good of them that love him. Okay. God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh. Okay. (laughs) All right. I was just going to say, we saw that with Jesus when they were mocking him and whipping Mm -hmm. him and doing all terrible things. Before they crucified him. Mm-hmm. And he was good to everybody, even then. Mm-hmm. And so you know that we wouldn't be. Okay. <laughs> we would certainly have said something. <laughs> what, so what, what, um, uh, what did Jesus do to, uh, to uh, demonstrate uh, goodness? Um, what did Jesus do to demonstrate goodness? Okay. 
And he asked that they be forgiven for what they are doing. Okay. And let's talk about the relationship between the the father and the son for a moment. Think in that context. Jesus, the son. And what was his relationship? Thank you. Jesus, you see, Jesus' goodness stemmed from what? Obedience. You see, the obedience of Christ is what fulfilled the law. The obedience of Christ... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to think through this foundation of... Of, we're, of talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Because who is filled with the Spirit? We are. And the, the Bible clearly tells us that if you are filled with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit includes what? Goodness. Okay? Who is good? Jesus is good. Oh, we would be good. Okay. Because we're filled with the Spirit. Spirit. How can we be good? That's the next logical question. How could we be good if what we read in Romans says that there is no one good, not even one, and that there is no one who does good, not even one? Because Jesus is our mission for our behaviors. Okay. All right. If the fruit of the Spirit, one of the nine fruit of the one fruit of the Spirit, is goodness, and God's Word that there isn't the person sitting in this room that doesn't completely subscribe to as being, as being inerrant, says that you are to bear fruit that includes goodness, how do you bear good fruit? By letting the Spirit control your life. Amen, sister. So, <laughs> who is not good? Those who do not let the Spirit control If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and God's attribute, one of God's attributes is goodness, and you are to produce fruit by being grafted into the vine, that is Jesus, mm-hmm. can you be good? Mm-hmm. You yeah. produce good fruit. You produce because good fruit. Has you can good do what is right. You can do what is right. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Because that way you still don't have to be good, but you can do what is right by obedience. Anybody struggling with the issue of being good versus doing good and answering the question, are you good? It seems soil and when it 
reach that certain point, it's edible. And I think it's the same thing with us. We're fed by the Holy Spirit. And by reading the Scripture, teaching, these are the things that bring the fruit to bear. Without them, that's the difference between those who aren't Christians. They don't have the Spirit. They don't have that ability that comes through the Spirit. It's not what we do. It's what the Spirit does. It gives life to it. Preach it, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So, is it the fruit that is good? Is it the vine that is good? What is it? In in that analogy. Well, it's what's producing the fruit. Okay. It's the Holy Spirit in us. Oh, that's interesting. Stay in Romans. Go down a few verses. Go to Romans, still in chapter 3, and read verse 20 through 24. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in its sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ to all and all all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Interesting, because... Romans 3.20 says that therefore no one can be declared righteous or good. No one can be declared. We're going to clear this up, Olivia. No one can be declared righteous in God's sight by what? The deeds of the flesh. Observing the law. You can't work for it. Observing the law. That's right. So Marvin said that that fruit manifests itself on the end of the vine through all of the vine and the roots and the nutrients and it is all the work of the Holy Spirit that gets to the point where that fruit then, it naturally, it, it, the interesting thing is I've never seen a pear on a grapevine. It knows that it's going to be a grape. And it is produced because of all the things naturally that God put into that and it produces this natural fruit. The grape doesn't even have to think about it. A grape doesn't have to think about becoming a grape. It's just a grape. Very naturally, it is a grape. And so we see that there's nothing that we're going to do that is going to provide for us to be declared righteous. Okay, think about that in terms of the fruit of the Spirit. You are not going to work to become righteous or good. Okay? Now, let's go down in the NIV. And, Susan, you have an NIV? Mm-hmm. Will you read verse 22? This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. To all who believe, there is no difference. So, this righteousness comes how? 
Some translations say that this righteousness or goodness is given. I personally like that one a little bit better because it says that this righteousness is given through faith in Christ. And to whom? All the believers. All the believers. And so, therefore, where, uh, where does this righteousness come from? Where does this goodness come from? And what is it? It's a what? It's a gift. It is a gift. Now, if we are going to produce fruit, it's going to be quite natural. So if anybody is thinking about what they have to do to produce fruit of the fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about, please stop doing that. <laughs> because if you are, you might as well be doing it secularly. Is that a word? I think so. Right? Because if you have to think about it, it's not fruit. It is a natural manifestation as a gift from God from those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ and it just will happen but not by anything that you have done initially only by your attitude isn't that what you said earlier? Yes, it has a lot to do with attitude and what you have decided and what must we then decide to do in order for this fruit to manifest? Okay, so then how, how then, we've had this analogy of the vine and the, and the fruit, how then is goodness produced in us? I'm just talking about goodness. It is a fruit of the Spirit, and we are supposed to manifest this fruit. And we just saw that you can work your tail off all day long to be good. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how, how is it How is goodness produced? It's not produced by us. Oh. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. We just have to have faith that it fails. And let itself exist. Oh. oh. Okay. Hmm. But sometimes you hear that little voice, do this, to do that. No, I don't want to do that. Let's go to Philippians for a second. We're not done yet. Let's go to Philippians 4.13. Everybody's familiar with this verse. Sure. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Heropolis. Philippians 4.13? I can do everything. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength or who strengthens me. Each of the translations are virtually the same. Okay, and so um, how does that relate to producing fruit in your life? You can do all things. 
Oh, so there's the obedience factor. He gives us the strength. That's what it says right here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, uh, let's go. Let's follow up on that willingness piece again because we're talking about bearing fruit of the Spirit. But I can still quench the Holy Spirit. I can, I can not let the Holy Spirit work in me. Mm-hmm. How can you do that? By not being obedient. Not being obedient. So the, the obedience, disobedience, uh, has an impact on the fruit of, of the Spirit. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clearly. Okay. And so to the extent that, that nobody is good, not one is good. Of our own efforts. Of our own efforts. Thank you. Okay, because I, I think we, I think this is this is the critical we're at critical mass. We have to understand, and I think that this isn't this isn't often understood in the church. In that we, in and of ourselves, we've been mentioning this for weeks now. In and of ourselves, we can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. And so, to the extent that this fruit needs to be produced, and we just said a few minutes ago that in producing the fruit we can't we can't produce the fruit we can't we can't work for that fruit right we can't we can't make that happen what has to what has to be in place then in order to make that happen you have to be grafted into the vine you have to be grafted into the vine and stay there and you have to stay there mm-hmm. okay all right turn to galatians 5 24 We'll look at a couple of scripture verses right after the fruit of the Spirit. Let's kind of finish this up. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And, verse 25, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What do we have to do in order to produce the fruit of the Spirit? Keep in step with the Spirit. What does that mean? Walk. Walk with Christ. Walk with Christ. Okay, keep going. Let's, let's, let's throw a bunch of stuff out there on the, on the floor right now. Let's just throw it on out there in terms of, uh, think about it in terms of just your everyday life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home tonight, I'm going to go to bed, and, and God willing, I'm going to wake up in the morning. And if I do, um, you know, what, what is, what is um, keeping in step with the Spirit? What, is, what are the practical implications of that? What do I got? What? Thank him. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Read. Crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. Oh. Can I go back to that one for a second? You have to do what, Doris? Crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. Huh. You know, sometimes when uh, somebody does you wrong or... Or there's somebody that you love wrong, you want to punch them in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the great passion and desire. Uh-huh. But you don't uh-huh. do it because it's not the right thing to do. Oh, you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> 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 Only on Thursdays between 2 and 4. <
praying, reading, being obedient, thanking God. That's a form of prayer. Worship. I mean, we could throw the list. We could just throw them all out there, couldn't we? But if we don't start by what Galatians 5.24 says, which is essentially dying to self. If we don't die to self, none of this is going to happen. There will be no fruit manifest in our strength. So we have to start there. See, God in his infinite wisdom, um, you know, I, who can imagine the mind of God that through the Holy Spirit uh, he wrote these words and talked about the fruit of the Spirit and immediately after identifying what the fruit of the Spirit, these are characteristics of God, that God, who we are made in his image, wants us to bear. But he doesn't want us to bear it in our own strength because we can't. And he says, all you have to do is die to yourself. Take up your cross. Follow Jesus. And keep your eyes on him. How often? That's our life. And the wonderful thing is, and we said this many times in this room, isn't it awesome that when you're living that way, you don't even think about it, and life is, it, you can't even put into words what's going on in your life when you're living that way. When you're living in step with the Spirit. It's incredible. So, have you talked to anybody that lives that way? talked to some people who live pretty much that way. Hmm. They may fall, may fall short. I don't know. But in my side, they, they look good to me. Yeah. Yeah, everybody falls short. <clears throat> Why? We're human. We're human? We're not. We are. We fell. We fell. We fell. I love what Richie said on Sunday. The, the whole idea that we can get all crossways of thinking about the nature of God and, and, and who he is and, and how many people, I just thought about this on Sunday afternoon and, sorry, I think that's when I quit after Sunday afternoon, but I was thinking about a Sunday afternoon in terms of, you know, this, this, this misconception that we have about this Old Testament God that is, you know, it's his, it's his wrath and it's his, you know, and everybody forgets about, about how he took care of everybody so compassionately when they were telling him to buzz off <laughs> all the time, all the time, all the time. You talk about fruit of the Spirit being patient. God is patience and it's hard for us to understand that. It's really hard to relate, isn't it, in our flesh. Because we are fallen. And so the times that we're not in that condition, because we are in step with the Spirit, and when you hear Spirit, I've been really influenced the last few years as I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people um, that are really quite um, uh, Spirit-filled. Not that we're not Spirit-filled, but I mean Spirit-filled in a very charismatic kind of a way. And it's not fake. (laughs) I mean, I'm talking about people that are literally on fire for Jesus 24-7, it is who they are. And they make no bones about it. They couldn't stop if they wanted to. They don't want to. And it's, it's intoxicating in a good way. <laughs> that word has a bad connotation too, right? But, but it's intoxicating only in that, oh Lord, I want to be in step with your spirit in that way. Otherwise, we carry burdens with us, don't we? 
And so, <clears throat> I emphasize the point while we're on goodness. Because goodness is really profound when you think about it in the context of an attribute of God. You're about to say something, Doris. Well, I can I see it coming. I was just going to make a comment that in the Old Testament, the people couldn't be good because they were not filled with the Spirit. They were trying to be obedient to His law in the flesh. Mm. And they never made it. And so when Jesus left, He said, I won't leave you alone and comfortless. I will send the Spirit. So after Jesus rose from the dead and went into heaven, He sent the Spirit. So now we are able to live that way if we allow the Spirit to live through us. Amen. And I, and I love the study, especially of the first century church. You know, they, they have this, we, we call this thing, uh, we've given it a name, us humans, and we call it the apostolic age, you know. And so, and so what did Jesus give the apostles? Special gift. Yeah, there was a real special gift that was given, and I mean, they were raising people from the dead and 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 healing people, and I mean, they were performing the same miracles that Jesus was performing. And 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 how were they received? They killed them all. <laughs> Every one of them, except for John, he's the only one that survived and lived to a ripe old age. They killed all the rest of them. Same thing with the prophets. Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. There's, I'm thinking about this as I'm studying, and I'm thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, because, you know, the Apostle Paul, you know, he got up in the morning and put his pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Okay? And yet, he was unique and quite gifted by God and used by God in a very unique way. And yet, he was manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, wasn't he? And it's easier to see that in somebody like the Apostle Paul, who we haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, because a lot is written about him. And so, Paul was one of those spirit-filled guys that I'm talking about, that we get to look at. We don't even have to look at Jesus, because it's even harder to relate to Jesus than it is to the Apostle Paul. Because he was a bad dude, until he met Jesus. And then there was a radical shift in everything he said, did, thought, and lived. And it cost him everything he had. And they put him in prison, and they stoned him, and they tried to kill him, and they, they finally did. But, I mean, look at what he went through. And yet, look at the fruit that was born. And God can do the same thing in anybody sitting in this room. Well, a lot has to do with where our focus is. Uh, I think of one of your... Husband's favorite songs, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Wonderful Face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. I think that's exactly what we have to keep our focus on, the Spirit. And the more we let the door open to the world and allow it to creep in, even good, solid Christian people, like all of us sitting in this room, it doesn't take much, does it? It doesn't take much for the troubles of the world to creep in. It doesn't take much for our sinful nature to raise its ugly head. And Satan is just an expert at making us think, it's all right. It's okay. And we say all the time, oh, life is short, I'm focused on heaven. And we use that as an excuse to do what we want to do now. 
Hello? Hello? No, 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 no. We got, we got that all backwards, and that was the whole Peter out of the boat routine, you know? Take your eyes off Jesus, what's going to happen? So I like to keep that picture in my mind all the time because I'm dense. And, you know, our, our door to the world gets open on a regular basis. God, I don't know about you guys, I live in the world. Yeah, you do too. Oh, you do too. Ah. Oh, good. We have a lot in common, then, don't we? Yeah, so we live in the world, and it's sometimes hard to shut that door. It's just sometimes hard to shut that door. So God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. <clears throat> all right, so I brought something. Okay, you ready? It's chocolate. All right, you ready? It's a contest. First one to find that verse gets the chocolate. Ready, go. No, you get to find the verse. God is good all the time. We say it here all the time, every week. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. You don't know where that is. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Because we're talking about goodness. And we say every week in this church, and a lot of churches do, by the way, it's pretty popular, that God is good. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. All the time. Is that true? And all the time. It's not. He was the first one to say it's not. Okay? It's not a verse. Is it a biblical truth? Yes, of course it is. Absolutely. Woven in and through all of Scripture, God is good, and all the time, and all the time, God is good. And so, what does that mean? Just what it says. Okay. It's who He is. God is good. It's who He is. And so, what does goodness as a fruit of the Spirit look like? It looks like Jesus. Okay? So does your life look like Jesus' life? No. Oh. Should it? Mm. <laughs> We're working towards that. We're working towards that. Okay. Okay. Work in progress. Okay. All right, turn to Second Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may fulfill every good purpose of yours in every act prompted by your faith. That's just what you're talking about. Word comes from it prompted by our faith that we have to be open to it. So we pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The two P words that are in that in, in that passage of scripture are prompted in power. Okay. Insofar as the fruit of the Spirit relies on us, does it? Does it? Yeah. yeah? To be a vessel, I think, right. a conduit. Oh, oh. We can't do it of our own. Oh, we can't do it of our own. Yeah. In and of ourselves, you said earlier, we can't do it. What was one of the P words that's in this in this passage? Prompted. Prompted. What does that mean? Going, urged. Urged. Nudged. <laughs> Wanting to as opposed to having to do something. Okay. So as God prompts us, as God prompts us, and based on, on what? Our... Faith? Based on our faith? Yeah. Okay. And the power of the Spirit being prompted? 
We don't work for the fruit of the Spirit. It's a manifestation. And so, God's goodness. Why is it so easy to identify that God is good and we can put words and wrap it around in definitions about God and His goodness? And then yet when we apply it to ourselves in terms of being able to, I'm telling you, as a fruit of the Spirit, we should be able to tell, shouldn't we? It, this is a measurable thing. Because I'm here to tell you that you all would be wrong, including me, if we said, well, I don't know if somebody's got is bearing fruit of the Spirit or not. Oh, you know. <laughs> Unlike my mom who told me when I was 15, I've shared this before, and I asked, I was dating my future wife, Kim, and I said, you know, I think I'm in love. I was 15 years old. And I think I'm in love. How do you know? And she said, oh, you'll know. That's a big help. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But these fruit of the Spirit, will you know? Yeah, because they're attributes of God. And it's clear what they are. And if you don't have it, you definitely know it. <laughs> okay. So, having said that, we have, we have a prompting and, and we have power. Okay. So, so, here's a question. When... So for an hour, we've been talking about goodness, right? So who here is happy with your goodness? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with the goodness I have. Well, you're talking about. You just talked about who's who is here is happy with the goodness you're bearing, the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Yes, so. See, we should all be celebrating. The fact that you're here tonight is a miracle of God (laughs) and good. Amen. Well, well, there's a difference between wanting more and and being half empty. See, the challenge in teaching on the fruit of the Spirit is we tend to go, we want more, that we're not content, we're not joyful with the fact that you're here, Olivia. <laughs> I mean, think about right. We're here. That that's there's something good in us, in God working in our lives that drew, that drew you to want to be here. Who wanted to be here tonight? Yes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> we have to be careful, and 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 you understand what I'm saying. That we 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 will want more, but when you ask, are you like Jesus? Many of us. That takes the wind out of your sails mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. We get the reality that we're not like Jesus, but please don't ever forget that you should, barring a miracle of God, you wouldn't even be here tonight. You would want nothing to do with God. Yeah. You'd be living for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and in that context, um, you have to also be very careful because uh, earlier I said that these things can be quite measurable, but you have to be careful with that because in our humanity, in our humanness, what we'll want to do is we'll want to put it on the scale. Or scorecard. Yes. And so we, we can't do that because, you know, boy, well, you know, I'm, I'm more joyful than Olivia, but I'm not as good as she is. You know, and, we, and we'll compare or, or we build some kind of a scale that is that is out of context, biblically speaking, because we're, we're trying to be, are we trying to be Christ-like? Yes. Are we Jesus? No. But as you said, it's relationship. So, so I'll, uh, can I ask you, Olivia, are you, are you just at the core 
just happy with less. <laughs> just at the core. As, as imperfect as he is, he could, he's, he's, he's a good guy, but he could be better. Right? Yes. But, but at the no. core, <laughs> but at the core, <laughs> at the core, you, you love him and, and you celebrate. You celebrate your relationship. See, so many of us as Christians, we have to be careful that we <coughs> stop celebrating our relationship. Sure, we could be better. Sure, we fall short. But we tend to always, we, 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 we get so caught up in I could be better and this is where I blew it. Hmm. Instead, it's like, Lord, praise the Lord I even know you. <laughs> praise the Lord I know you today. I look back in my life and I see how much gooder I am. <laughs> and we have to celebrate along the way and never forget where he's taken us. That's the joy, right? That, you talked about the apostolic age. And, and I imagine what would happen on a Sunday when someone who doesn't know the Lord comes in here and there's people here who are just joyful and in mm-hmm. love with Jesus for what he's doing and has done as opposed to someone coming in here and always like, oh gosh, I blew it. Gosh, I just don't measure up. Gosh. That, and that, that, that's typical, right? Because we lay these burdens on ourselves when, truth be known, it's the same Holy Spirit that was active in the apostolic age. And I look at, I look at what, what the Holy Spirit's doing in my brother's life and that's, it's as much a miracle as the early church. Mm-hmm. But we, we, get so, we get so consumed with where we're not mm-hmm. that we... Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's just this, this burden I have for, for us as, as God's children to simply be okay to celebrate and smile. Yeah. <laughs> just smile. Yeah. Sure, there's a lot of good things I could be doing or could be doing better. But man, compared to where I was, I'm pretty darn happy with Me too. my level of good. <laughs> okay. I just want to encourage you with that. I just want to encourage you with that. Sure, we want to continue to... to it's a sanctification. It's a lifelong process. But you know, you, you hear the phrase, let's enjoy the ride. we got to enjoy it. You, you enjoy your relationship daily, right? Your marriage. You're enjoying the ride. We can enjoy it with Jesus. He, I, I think he would be happy with that. <laughs> For well, he chose us before the foundation of the earth. Yeah. We didn't choose him. And he said that nobody can come to me unless the Father draws them. So it's all a miracle of God. It is. And, and, and we, just can't, we just can't, in our zeal to be Christ-like, forget to enjoy <laughs> What he's already done, that's, that's the beauty of it. Well, love yeah. to our peace. So, yeah, you know, and, and it's amazing how much um, or how many uh, people uh, don't, don't enjoy uh, the love, joy, and peace. It's, it's, it's incredible because they carry so much around. And, and the, whole, yeah. the whole point of, this, of, of bearing the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit is, is, to, is to walk in the Spirit, be in step with the Spirit. Um, and if you are a spirit-filled believer, and there's only one kind of believer, there's only one kind. That's the spirit-filled kind. Okay. And so um, all you have to do is appropriate what's already true about the, about the spirit in you. And oh, it's amazing. 
it takes all the pressure off because we don't have to compete with anybody or anything. And we all we have to do is ask. That's it. it but it's amazing because it's good to study through it. It really is. Because sometimes we make the things of God way more complex than they need to be, don't we? And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves that he said, I want to take from you. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. I want you... When when you are walking in the Spirit, it's going to... Don't, don't try to make a checklist for love, joy, peace, and... And especially goodness and, and kindness, let those just come out of your relationship with me. I'll take it on. I'll take all that stuff on. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy sometimes what we do? Mm-hmm. You know, in our humanity, we we do that stuff. And as we as we look at at this this attribute of God that He has given us as a gift, according to Scripture, He already gave it to us. We don't have to go out and find it. We don't have to search for it. We already have it. It's all just about appropriating it. In the morning, by just saying, Jesus, I love you. Thanks for the day. And I'm going to go through it now, walking in the Spirit. And and it doesn't matter. Paul spent, when he was on his way to go to Caesar, because he wanted to appeal to Caesar, spent almost three years in prison because he was kind of forgotten about. And what was he doing while he was there? Preaching. He wasn't wasting any time. It was just who he was. It was God's goodness. And it was his kindness. And it was all that that was just being manifest in the Apostle Paul. And he was in prison. And guess what? He knew he was going to get killed. Most of those guys did. It was a pretty dangerous time. Didn't, didn't I? I gotta believe that they were concerned about that. But how did it manifest in their lives? Trusting God. <laughs> you talk about people of faith. What did, what did he say? What can man do to me? Go ahead. Stone me. I'll be with Jesus tomorrow. <laughs> huh? What? That made him even. That made those people matter, didn't it? And yet, it was just—it was just a manifestation of them living in the spirit. The Holy Spirit carried them along, and I love what you said, Richie. And it's the same Holy Spirit that is present right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Is that awesome? Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. This, this is not. It's, is it historical? Yeah, in the present. Mm-hmm. It's historical in the present. Mm-hmm. How of that. So as it amounts to anything that we can do, it's the attitude of our decision that we want it. Okay? And that we just want to appropriate what God has already given us. It's amazing. So God's goodness in the Psalms is... I mean, read Psalms. It's everywhere. The Psalms talk about nothing but God's goodness. He's praised for his goodness in the Psalms. And we're not going to turn to all of them, even though um, you can look at them later. God's goodness is praised in the Psalms. And I wrote, there's just a few of them down there. I actually ran across about, well, I stopped counting after about 30. <laughs> I was just going, oh, there's one. There's one. 
They're funny. And so, uh, even Jesus affirms the goodness of God the Father. Remember how he does that? In the story of the, the rich young ruler, when he was speaking to him. Let's turn there, because that's a good one. Matthew nineteen seventeen. that you were talking about early on. Oh yeah, it says, Who do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to end your life, obey the commandments. Hmm. Obedience. There's only one who is good. Who is Jesus talking about? <coughs> God the Father. There's only one that's good. Yeah, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And so, see, we have to contextualize all of this because there's only one that is good. And so, are you good? We're back to that question again. We're back to that question. I think we've got that question answered. Yeah, I think goodness is a manifestation. It is a fruit of the Spirit that has been given to you as a gift and it manifests as you live in the Spirit. You don't have to pursue it. It'll just come. It'll hang on the end of the vine. And they're, they're big. They're, some of them are green and some of them are purple. They're big and they're juicy and they're wonderful, aren't they? Especially when they're cold and they're the seedless kind. They're wonderful. I'm talking about grapes. I'm talking about grapes. They don't have to think about being a grape. They just are a grape. And so, you know, and it's interesting because I think that our goodness has to be modeled after whose goodness yeah, all we got to do is, I mean, look at the example. Mm-hmm. Just look at the example. And that's what the Christ, that's what Christian means. Small Christ or being Christ-like, you know. That's the, that's the, that's the model um, in our fallen nature that can only be overcome one way. We're walking in the Spirit. We're still a sinner. We always will be. You're not going to overcome that. But you can certainly overcome the opposite of goodness, which is evil. You can overcome evil. Nobody in this room wants to say, oh, I'm evil. Have you ever done an evil thing or had an evil thought? Mm-hmm. Of course you have. Mm-hmm. Overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. That's the biblical goodness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you, you don't want to be, you don't want to be evil? That's, that's bad. What happens when you do something bad? There's remorse. There's there's all that stuff. There's a there's a prescription for that too, you know. And God will forget. And yet it's awesome because we don't have to go out and try to be good. Goodness is a manifestation of keeping our eyes on Jesus and walking in the Spirit. I, I just absolutely love that. And so Scripture in Scripture, goodness always relates to some behavioral trait. God's goodness is always demonstrated to us in stories about, about behavior. Jesus behaved in a particular way, and it was, and it was attributed to him as, as, as good. And, and Jesus even said, hey, there's nobody good but, but one. 
Uh, and it, it, it's in terms of who God is and how God acts. And uh, if you remember, you don't have to turn there again because we're running out of time. But if you remember, um, uh, it's in the book of Numbers and you can look it up before you go to bed tonight if you want to because it's on the list there. Um, uh, uh, Moses gave an invitation to somebody that was not of their clan, of their type, uh, of their class, if you will, to come along with them because they were. He was. He said, "I'll be good. We'll be good to you as God is good to us." It's a perfect example of what, of how that manifests in the fruit of the spirit. There's a fruit of the spirit being manifest in Moses' life right there. Come along, enemy. <laughs> come along, and we'll be good to you as God is good to us. So is God good to everybody? He is now. Oh. He wasn't? Oh, he always was, so far. Oh, so <laughs> he won't be in the end. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So, so this, this whole goodness thing is like a step beyond kindness, isn't it? Because goodness is this, goodness is this, is this, um, this, this essence as we were looking at last week. It's, 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 goodness is a little harder to wrap your arms around than kindness is because we see kindness, don't we? Mm-hmm. In the Good Samaritan, we saw the kindness and, and, and goodness is, a, is, is who a person is because mm-hmm. you know, God is love. God is good. We say that every week. God is good. Okay. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Mm. So that answers the question, is God's kindness and goodness extended to all people? Okay. Matthew 5.45 says that he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Is God good to everybody? Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, he says that, that, that um, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Now, some people don't see it that way, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. So, so what is the application of all of this goodness thing? This goodness of God. What do we, what do, we do with that? What, is, what does goodness involve? If it's a manifestation of the, of the fruit of the, of the Spirit, um, you know, what, is that, what does that look like? What does it involve? What does goodness involve? If we're if God is goodness, if God is good, well, you allow him, his, the Holy Spirit to manifest in your life. Mm-hmm. And how how does that manifest? What does what does that goodness look like? <coughs> Excuse me. Flexibility. Flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So. It's say in one in one sense goodness kind of incorporates a lot of the other fruit of the spirit, doesn't it? It's it's really kind of it's kind of big under under the banner of God is good. Yeah. God is is good and God is love. This love and goodness um, manifestation of fruit of the spirit encompasses a lot. And not that that some are more important than others or bigger than others. I'm just suggesting that that biblically speaking, God is love. God is good, and 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 if it's going to manifest in the Christian's life, it's really uh, it, it 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 kind of boils down to to your Christian life of, of of service. It's really loving others means that you're serving others because you're not thinking of yourself and being and goodness kind of relates to that, doesn't it? And there are kind acts within that goodness out of love because of who God is. And 
and in walking in the spirit. You don't have to think about any of that. And, you know, Richie says about what it looks like. And we, we had a visitor here last week. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but we had a visitor that showed up last week. And um, and uh, uh, and they came in, and I introduced myself, and uh, and it was just uh, uh, I thought about exactly that because it wasn't too uh, you know during the normal uh, meet and greet. It's just so we don't think about it around here. It's just so normal for us. This whole meet and greet, the place explodes, and everybody's mad because he's cut it down to three minutes. And, and it's so. <laughs> so who's counting? <laughs> I know. So, and the thing is that we don't think about that. That is fruit of the Spirit, guys. That is what it looks like. Yeah. Several of the fruit listed are born in this place. I love that. Mm-hmm. Just being a part of it and associated <coughs> with it, it rubs off on me. I don't know about you. And so this person happens to make mention of it. Oh. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. You guys bring your Bibles and you love each other. Oh, <laughs> that's too pretty cool. That's what resonated. Mm-hmm. Isn't that isn't that interesting? So it involves this this idea of of goodness and love and and, and peace and joy and, and and serving one another. That's what we do. That's what we do, and that's how we show God to one another. Okay. You know, I think part of it that was mentioned way at the beginning was. There's, there's position and then there's practice. We have to remember positionally. Mm-hmm. I think Mike said, positionally, we already are. We are good. We couldn't get any better because we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So we have to remember that positionally, we're, we're, we're the scale is <laughs> right? There's nothing more to achieve positionally. <laughs> That's right. If you, if you will start the day positionally, watch what mm-hmm. that does to you in practice. We... We tend to focus on the practice. We got to start positionally. We're good to go. We're as good as good gets in God's eyes. So then comes the freedom and the joy to walk in the Spirit. You know, then you understand when, when Jesus says, if you give a cup of water, all throughout the day, you're just, you know, the world calls it random acts of kindness. We call it fruit, we call it promptings. All throughout the day, out of who you are in Christ, out of walking in the Spirit, you're just open to God leading you to be good and kind and loving. and jo- The fruit just goes throughout the day. Mm-hmm. What happens is we flip it and we focus so much on practice and scorecard that all these opportunities are zipping by us, but we're like this throughout the whole day. Mm-hmm. We're just cons- literally consumed with self. And, and, and so, you know, that's why I appreciate, Bill, you know, every week we hear for an hour and a half. It's not about you. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we've heard that for almost two months now because we, we, we need to hear that. We, we have to begin positionally. Mm-hmm. Positionally, tonight, we're good. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We can't get any gooder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're good. Yeah, amen. We really are good. And pleasing. And pleasing, accepting <laughs> all the things we've talked about, our identity in Christ. That you said, what's the application? Start there, and then watch what God does with the fruit just happening. Mm-hmm. 
it, yeah. you won't have to watch it because yeah. everybody else is going to say, "What's up with you?" Yeah, what happened to you? What happened to you? Yeah, yeah. What's what's gotten into something? You know, that's kind of how it works because yeah. it's so natural um, that you you won't see it yeah. for the most part anyway, mm-hmm. and others will recognize it in you, and uh, and therein lies a ministry opportunity when people see it uh, because now you can and it's it's especially great outside of the church family yeah. especially great when people see that you got your, you just got a big uh, dump truck full of horse pucky dumped in your yard and you're as happy as a clam <laughs> you don't even care it doesn't matter um, it didn't bother you a bit um, and people go I knew what to do with it. <laughs> 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 that analogy probably. So I was I was reading this. We'll close with this. I was reading this this um, this um, uh, a booklet, if you will. And <clears throat> what what struck me was the the author made one comment and in talking about uh, both goodness and kindness, uh, and uh, and he said. Uh, just, just do good and be kind. Just do good and be kind, and that only resonated by virtue of the fact that all of the fruit of the of the spirit are action words. Every single one of them, they're all verbs, and so and it's interesting that they're verbs. And this guy says, "Do good and be kind, um, and everything will work out just fine." And and what I'm saying biblically is, don't worry about doing good and being kind. If you'll focus on on walking in the Spirit, you won't have any choice in the matter. You will do good and you will be kind. And people will recognize and they will notice that. Because God is good and God is kind and God has gifted you already, every single one of us, with each one of these attributes because we're made in His image. And He just wants us to walk with Him in the Spirit, not in the flesh, and that will all take care of itself. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I, I will share with you that, that personally for me, this has changed my life doing this study because I'm the kind that is competitive. And uh, you, you, it may surprise you to know that I have an A personality type. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and I, but seriously, I put all this pressure on myself to to be kinder and be gooder and do more and you know, all these things like you know uh, mm-hmm. even with Bible reading plans you know so mm-hmm. it, it was never enough not and, and it's like <sighs> for the first time I realized that yeah all I need to do is just walk in the spirit today. Yeah, and it's amazing how God does all the rest. Yeah. And, and I'm doing the same things, but yeah. I don't have the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, because it's not my pressure. Because it was, it was about me doing that. And it was like, oh, somebody just took it away. Yeah. It's changed everything. All kinds of things are changing in my life. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like... And that, that hello, that's a faith step. Mm-hmm. You said the word terrifying several weeks ago. The faith step for some is to believe and trust that everything is fine. God loves you. 
you're complete, you're good. The faith step, mm. even the terrifying step, <laughs> is to let all the burdens go, stop trying so hard, and just let God... We're, we're fine. <laughs> Today, just, just, we're fine. Diana, we're fine. You don't have to... You, all, that, all that stuff, we're fine. That... And wow. it, it, it flips things and all of a sudden things come up and it's a faith step. To walk by faith is to accept everything's fine. Clothed in the righteousness of Christ, you know, I'm really fine. Oh. It's a starting point. And that just gives you a little glimpse of what of how awesome heaven is going to be where none of this stuff is even going to be remembered. None of the bad stuff, you know what I mean? Because all that will be taken away. And and it's it's kind of like, wow. Yeah. You know, we're just a working process, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you do something that's not according to the Spirit, it will remind you. Yes. I mean, God will remind you. And then you can ask for forgiveness. And don't keep that Yeah. Okay, so here's the precursor for next week. We're going to go out of order next week. And there's a little homework assignment. What? There's a little homework. I know I'm going to go out of order. Come on, I retire. (laughs) (laughs) No, you you didn't. You're you're a student or you wouldn't be here. (laughs) Okay, you got me. (laughs) So, so the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness. Then it says faithfulness. And gentleness, but we're going to flip them. And the homework assignment is it's a simple one. Everybody come back next week with one verse that relates to gentleness. And if you would like to, expand on that with perhaps a story of something that you've seen, heard about, or done. That relates to gentleness. Because then we're going to go into faithfulness and self-control. We have sometimes challenges with faithfulness and clearly challenges with self-control. Many of us. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time. About an hour and a half each way, i got to figure on those two. But gentleness next week uh, is something I'd like you to do a little bit of forethought on. Okay? So, just from a bit, we don't even have to define it. Because I'm pretty sure everybody has a real good idea of what being gentle looks like. And even how to do it. Okay? So, a Bible verse and a story. That's for next week. And, it, and you know, and there may even be more chocolate. I don't know how to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's white chocolate. It's good chocolate. Is it white chocolate? Or is it milk chocolate?